Hello. Here we are again. We are reviewing the child support program for Texas. And in this video, we're looking at what we called the unbalanced child support program. Uh, so let's get started. The legislators uh, sent, uh, Honorable James White, sent the Attorney General's office that's being managed by Mr. Paxton, uh, basically a request for information asking how is the program uh, is, is working. And as a result of that letter, uh, Mr. the Attorney General's office responded back. So what we did was we reviewed the letter, uh, the response uh, from the legislator, and we decided to compare that against what we call the Department of Justice letter, which was released a few years ago. Uh, as you know, it was rescinded. However, we felt that the information in there was very valuable to men who are involved in child support program. And from that letter, we were able to determine that there are at least five lawsuits. And we produced a video on this channel called The Five Lawsuits. Feel free to check that video out. We discovered from the, the previous Texas video that the Office of Attorney General is operating under a contract, a private contract with the Title IV-D agency, and that they are subject to liability and lawsuits. All of that is in the video called Texas Unconstitutional. Please feel free uh, to watch that video. So let's start again to review the Texas program from a different perspective. Hello, my name is Chris, and on this channel, we review the Texas, the Texas Child Support Program as it comes in conflict with your rights. We have a what is called a non-lawyer practice or statement that we are not attorneys, we provide education. And here's our mantra. There can be no sanctions for us providing you with education on the law, and that's Shearer versus Cullen. So let's get started. At the end of this video, we have a section called a call to action, where we provide suggestions on how you can uh, defend your rights against the child support program. So let's begin from here again. We look at the letter that was sent to the Attorney General where the Attorney General's office in Texas manages or runs the Title IV-D program. As we've said, the, the Child Support Title IV Enforcement Program is a single and separate unit under Statute 45 CFR 301.1, and it's within the Department of Health and, and Human Services, managed by the Secretary of the State. We uh, selected a paragraph from the letter, and it starts off with, the Child Support Division of the Attorney General's Office is authorized by state and federal law to assist families in enforcing child support. Well, that is not true. The Office of Child Support Enforcement is actually under the Department of Human Services, Human Resources, Human Resources or Health and Services, not the Attorney General's Office. So right there, 
that is a problem. That statement is not true from, again, based on the letter from the attorney general. So we consider that, that's fraud. Further in the paragraph you see here on the left, it says that in August, as of August 31, 2014, the Title IV D agency collected a record, record-breaking 3.8 billion in child support, that is income withholding. So I decided to look further into this number. Did they really have a record-breaking $3.8 billion in 2014? That means they've broken the record for prior years. The child support program is more than 30-plus years old, and they have broken their record. So let's look into the numbers. And, yep, they were absolutely right. Uh, In 2014, they did bring in a record-breaking $3.8 billion. Um, And the letter states it from the Attorney General's office. But let's move 2014 out of the way for a second. I went uh, to Congress, congressional reporting, to search these numbers. As you know, the government is allowed to publish these numbers. So we researched it, I researched it, and it was prepared. These are the numbers or the dollar amounts for this particular program, the Title IV-D program, for members of Congress and the committees within Congress. So here's what I discovered. In 2015, they did $3.9 billion. In 2016, they did $4 billion. Can you see the trend? 2017, they did $4.1 billion. And in 2018, which is the most current report, they did four point two. Billion, so they're on a trajectory to increase the program by a hundred million dollars each year. Wow, that's amazing! Now this chart is not to scale, but I just wanted to graphically show you the increase. So there, which means in two thousand uh, two in two thousand nineteen, which is the current year, which won't be published till next year they will probably break their own record because they're on a trend. So now let's look at the the next populous state, which is California. Since uh, Texas did a 4.2 record, what was California's uh, withholding numbers? It was $2.4 billion reported by California. So Texas had a record year in 2.14 is greater than the un, than California's 2.4 billion and in the same year Texas made an additional 2 billion dollars greater than the next populous state well I consider that unbalanced what's going on it has to be unbalanced how can you make m- more than 2 billion than your prior next populous state which also means that the other large populous state, Pennsylvania, New York, that Texas is able to get that much more money than everyone else. By the way, we do have all the numbers for all the states. If you have a question or a comment or would like to know how your state did in terms of collection, please feel free to email us. So next, let's look at case laws against the Title IV-D program. Since in our opinion, my opinion, that the Texas Child Support Program is unbalanced, 
uh, because of the record numbers. Let's see if there are any lawsuits. Well, we reviewed a lawsuit called, uh, from the state of Ohio, it's called Corelli versus Hauser. Many of you may know of the case. Uh, and again, this was a decision against the Title IV-D program. It reads that the secretary is authorized to audit the state Title IV-D program, coupled with its ability to withhold federal funding if the program is not performing within compliance. And it further says, Congress intended the secretary, not state or federal judiciaries, possesses remedial authority over Title IV-D, Corelli versus Hauser. So looking at this lawsuit in 1991 out of the Sixth Circuit, it is saying that the Title IV-D program shall be managed by the secretary, not by a state a state or federal judiciary, such as the Office of the Attorney General. And how is it possible that the Office of the Attorney General is still is managing this program knowing that there is a, a, a court decision that says they cannot manage the program? So let's move on to another case. This one is called Holberg versus Holberg. They're citing Bremhorst versus Beckman. It says here that the Court of Appeals stated that the agency's exercise of quasi-judicial power was unconstitutional because it lacks judicial finality in terms of binding judgments that are entered in an established court. What they mean is an Article III court. The Court of Appeals therefore held that the administrative process of the Title IV-D in Minnesota, violated the separation of powers by allowing administrative law judges, which are basically contracted judges and lawyers, to make final decisions that are not subjected to district court review, and then permitting, and then not permitting a direct review or appeal of that. So the background on this case is four mothers brought this case against the child support agency, Title IV-D, in Minnesota. Now, while they may have a legitimate claim uh, to why the program was unconstitutional, it also did not give them any enforceable right. So they lost the case because there are no rights to uh, the child support program. We've said on this on this channel in the video that Blessing versus Freestone says there are no federal right to the program. But it turned out that the program itself was unconstitutional because it violates separate, uh, the Separation of Powers Act. So here again is another court decision that says, how is it possible that the Title IV-D agency is managed and operated by the Attorney General's office in Texas? Well, now you know that. What do you do about it? Well, there is a remedy. It's called the 1871 Civil Rights Lawsuit. Most of you may know it as Section 1983, and that's 42 USC Section 1983. And this is what it, what it allows. It permits suits for damages or injunction relief against those who operate under the color of state law and violates an individual's civil rights. This was the opinion of Justice Blackmun. Uh, he says, in his, in his opinion, he reviewed the history of judicial immunity, and he concluded that because judges were subject to 
certain common law writs, much like injunctions, there are no historical basis for extending judicial immunity under injunctive relief. He further says that there's no evidence that Congress meant to exclude judges from injunctive relief under Section 83, and the case is called Pulliam versus Allen. It is joined by uh, Justice Brennan, Byron, White, uh, Thurgood Marshall, and John Paul Stevens. So what Justice Blackman is saying is the magistrate in this lawsuit from Virginia can be sued and that immunity, while it's a defense, does not apply in this case, as well as injunctive relief also is not shielded by immunity. So that's good news. We have a video on this uh, channel called Defend My Rights. And we have another one called The Color of Law, which is a, a document you can use uh, to defend your rights operating color of law. Now, there may be a few folks out there that says you should not use the color of law form. Uh, we have a different opinion on that, and so we'll further explain it. But for now, understand this. The attorneys for the Texas Office of Attorney General acting as magistrates, judges, are operating under color of law, and therefore they are subjected to the 1983 Civil Rights Act. Here we are at what is called a notice of claim. A notice of claim is when you alert the government, the state government, that you're about to file a lawsuit or a claim against either the agency or one of their workers. And it reads, the state is not required to serve any response to a notice of intent to file a claim or a lawsuit. And that case law is DeHart versus State of New York. It goes on to say that because a notice of intent to file a lawsuit is not a pleading, no response is required. It merely notifies the state that a claim against it may be filed in the future. The reason is a notice of intent to file a claim requirement is not applicable under federal claims of the U.S. 42, 1983. And that case is called Felder versus Casey. So what is happening is when you bring a lawsuit for uh, under the 1983 against, again, workers, state workers under the color of law, you have to file a notice if you're bringing the action within state court. If you need to go to federal court, well, it's not required. So you could, you know, this is my opinion, if you want to notify uh, the person or the judges that you want to file a lawsuit against them, then the notice of claim requirement you should consider. But what is the claim about? Well, one, in my opinion, is fraud upon the court. And fraud upon the court is committed when a representative of the court, such as lawyers, mediators, evaluators, administrators, basically, in short term, trick you into thinking that they're operating within the court. It goes on to say that fraud upon the court is a crime and is not subjected to statute of limitation. It also says that a judge is liable for injury caused by a ministerial act and to have immunity, that particular judge must be performing a judicial function. That's ex parte Virginia. So what's the summary of all of this? If you're going to sue 
in state court, you need to have what is called a notice of claim uh, filed with them. So this is where the color of law form comes in. Again, some people don't like the color of law. I've heard gentlemen says, oh, you, you know, it has the word citizen on it. You don't want to be a citizen of the state. You want to be a citizen of the state. You don't want to be a citizen of the United States. Well, here's a use of the color of law form. It has the proper language under the color of law for 1983. Well, why not cut and paste the text? Include it within your intent to file a claim. Now you have a notice in which to send in which to start your lawsuit. That's one use of the form. But in our opinion, my opinion, you could use the form as it is. Uh, so here's where we are now is we believe that there's an unbalance within the Texas, uh, Texas child support program where they are breaking their own collection records. In addition, the program is operated under the Attorney General's office. But there are two lawsuits, Corelli versus Hauser and Holberg versus Holberg, that says that entire process is not only unconstitutional, but their potential for abuse, where Texas was fined in 2019 for basically lying to a couple and remove their kids from them. So there's an unbalance going on. And again, I'm not targeting Texas. My, my intent is not to target Texas, but this is real. This is what's happening in the program. We've said on this channel over and over that 45 CFR 264.30, that all men in the United States are enrolled in the child support program. It's just that some of them have an active case. And we've said this also, that there's a video called Defend My Rights. If you want to defend your rights, um, there are my suggestions within that video. So where does that leave you? You've been, uh, quote, unquote, pushed around by the Title IV-D program in Texas, knowing that there's an unbalance going on there where they're basically reaping record number, record amount of withholding. Well, this is my opinion. Uh, you need the Department of Justice letter to understand some of the remedies that are in there, as well as a COL form, if you wanted to use that text to file what is called a, a notice of intent. Also, you want to request the attorney that the Attorney General's office and their lawyers produce the contract. We now know that they're all operating under a private contract because it's unconstitutional for them to be operating within the Title IV D program as the Office of Attorney General. You also need to check the forms, whether they're expired or not, because if they're expired, then of course you cannot bring uh, a challenge against them. As well, we've said this, you start the process for leaving. Again, this is just our suggestion. You can stay with the program if you choose to. Uh, with what's happening in Texas, along with other states, uh, you may want to start the process for leaving the program. Again, it is voluntary. Uh, the mothers have no federal right to the program, and neither do you as a father to the right to the program. So if you have further questions on this video or any other video on this web on our, on our channel, please feel free to send us an email. 
Um, as well as we ask that you like and subscribe and press the notification bell so that we can bring you future videos and so you can be notified of uh, new videos. We also asked for a $25 gift. Uh, and again, any amount is also acceptable so that we can continue our research, so we can continue providing you materials or events that are happening within the child support program across all 50 states, and we can bring that to you. So this is the end. Uh, there are a few videos that we're suggesting here uh, that you could select. And thanks, and have a good day.